0: Spring training is almost here, which means Cactus
1: League action is forthcoming. And if you're planning to get out to Arizona to watch the Reds and any and all other Cactus League teams, the best way to get out there is visit Arizona.com slash spring training. Arizona is the perfect home base for baseball fans because you've got 10 stadiums with 15 Major League teams all within a 50-mile radius of Greater Phoenix. So you can get to everything. And on top of that, you've got awesome landscapes. I mean, is known for its outdoor adventures and national parks, lots of great places to explore. But when it comes to the game, I mean, spring training... Everyone is so laid back, you can meet your favorite players, get some autographs, and then enjoy some baseball in some nice warm weather. If you like me and you live in the tri-state area right now, you're freezing your bunions off, head out to Arizona, warm up, and watch some Reds baseball. Best way to do that, visit Arizona.com slash spring training. Go there and book your spring training excursion today.
0: You are Locked On Reds, your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: Welcome into your daily source for the Cincinnati Reds throughout the offseason. This is the Locked On Reds podcast, and I'm your host, Jeff Carr. For today's Locked On Reds, we have, I have with me in person, actually, the man who takes all the pictures that you see. If you subscribe to the Inquiry, and if you don't, you should. But he takes all the pictures. He's been to a lot of awesome stuff. We're gonna talk to him. he just got back from Arizona,
2: I think it was a week ago. That's right. Kareem Elgazar is here with me. Kareem, how you doing, man? That's great, man. I'm really glad to be here with you. An excellent pronunciation of my last name. I didn't you didn't even ask. I was I don't even think it's that hard, Sometimes though. I'm bad about f- just rolling with it, yeah. and I, I, I'm pretty good at that. Elgazar, I feel like it's just the way it's spelled. It's awesome. Yeah, hey, it really People is. like my last name. Elgazar. Yeah. Because I think it's the double Z.
1: Yes. You don't see a whole lot of double Z. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's a good... I mean, <laughs> I can't think of another double Z name. <laughs> anyway, on the spot, not good. Um, <laughs> but we're, we're talking all things... Um, one thing that I love, all the different photographs that I've seen from you... How many shots do you take? Let's start off, shots in a day, something like that.
2: Shots in a day, typical spring training day, I'm shooting anywhere between 1,200 and 2,000 pictures. I average about 1,500 pictures a day. Um, The finished product, you'll probably see about 35 to 50. Dang. So the success rate, again, you guys don't see the bad stuff. Right. You know, know, there's a lot of experimentation. Obviously, it's, you know... Many things can go out of focus. Many things can go wrong in photography, just in life. Many things can go wrong. Sure. Um, so, yeah, about, about an average of 1,500 frames on a typical spring training day, and I file about 35 to 50. So it deleted scenes like a Peter Jackson did. Right. That's
1: <laughs> <laughs> all right. Yeah. Um, so when it comes to getting those shots, and actually real quick before I jump into that question because sure. I wrote this down and mm-hmm. I forgot about it.
2: Um, Joey seems photogenic. No? Joey, yeah, oh he, yeah, yeah, he's a Joey. One thing I really appreciate about Joe, and, and one thing that I think I, I would like to express to your listeners is, you know, in my job, I'm not trying to be friends with the players. Sure, I deliberately keep it keep keep them at arm's length. I'm polite, I'm friendly, I'm pro- I'm a professional. I'll engage in in chit chat, of course, but um, one thing about Joey is that he's not necessarily warm and fuzzy as mm-hmm. you guys might expect. Um, he's a little standoffish, but Joey's always very polite. He's very nice. He's very professional. Okay. And he is extremely photogenic. And he'll, he'll work with the photographer. Um, you know, when we do our, our portrait day, our picture day every year, you know, you, you, you'll you get a few minutes, about five minutes with Joey, if that. And you can tell him to do some stuff and do some poses, and he'll he'll oblige. Okay. And I got him to smile this year. Yeah, in, in years past, he wouldn't smile for me. So I think I think I'm getting there. I think we're getting,
1: we're, building, we're working on our relationship. Getting that report, yeah, that's yeah. all right. <laughs> yeah, I, I just I wonder because like some of those pictures and stuff, I'm like, okay, because it, it, it seems like I mean he's on Jim Day's podcast, and it seems like maybe now he's starting to loosen up. I think he's got like what three more years left on his deal. And it's kind of one of those things that everyone was really wanting him to be that guy, the face of the community back in 2010, 2011, 2012. And he's now starting to become that way. So maybe that's just how he is,
2: period. Yeah. It just kind of takes some time. Absolutely. He's definitely an introvert. I think uh, in the large-scale social settings, I think he is not very comfortable. Um, again, he like at spring training... Um, I can't be everywhere every day. Uh, this, I just completed my sixth spring training. And at spring training, he signed autographs. Oh, and I personally, in six years, haven't seen him sign autographs. Now, I probably have missed other autograph signings. Sure. Because it's a big facility, and I can't be everywhere at all, at all times. understand um But in the, in the six seasons I've been doing spring training, I saw him sign some autographs, and he was really friendly with the fans and you know in between running between drills he'll stop and he'll sign and i and, and that just showed me that I think you're right he's warming up I know it's taken him was twelve season as a, as a yeah. professional maybe thirteenth season I'm not sure but he's he is coming into his own and letting his personality show a little bit and uh, he's very cognizant of that image um, so again as long as and the players that I run into whether it's Reds or NFL or even all the way down to the high school level, as long as you're polite and friendly and respectful of me, I will show the same courtesy to you. And Joey has always been a pro. Always been very polite and nice. He's Canadian. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) That comes with a
1: territory. Uh, So I think I'm gathering that it's probably not him. Who is the most photogenic red? Photogenic. Most? Who? Okay, well, I was gonna ask this and then, like, it sounded. I, I don't mean it to sound sure. harsh, but in my head, I was like, oh, well, maybe this sounds harsh, but whatever. I'm gonna ask it. Who loves the camera the most?
2: Who loves the camera the most? Yeah. Um, hmm. I think if, of, this, of this team, who loves the camera the most? I would say the, the first instinct, the first reaction that came to mind was Derek Dietrich. Actually, that makes sense. Um, but he's not a, like a camera hog. He doesn't seek it out, right? But when when there's one there, he'll make the of most of it, right? Exactly, exactly. exactly. Uh, to be fair to him, um, Suarez also. I can see that Suarez uh, same a little bit less than Derek. Um, he he doesn't get doesn't seek out the camera. Doesn't you know seek the attention? But when it's there, he'll you know goof off a little bit for you and you know ham it up a little bit and you know it's fine. It's all good, and he's, he's really for picture day. When we do our portraits, he's always been really good. He's always he doesn't take the one thing I appreciate about Suarez is that he takes his job seriously, mm-hmm. but he doesn't take himself too seriously, and you really respect that. Oh yeah, because I think he. I'll talk about a guy with from with that has perspective, came from Venezuela. Paul probably didn't have much growing up. I don't know what his—he could have been a middle-class kid, but at least living in Venezuela, he probably was exposed to what real absolute poverty is like. Right, and now he's like, I'm in the states. I am. I'm, I'm having a great time doing what I love, playing baseball. I think that's a guy who keeps things in perspective. Just my awesome. observation over the last few years. I could. I could see
1: that too. I mean, he's really good um, in interviews and time with me. I mean, like if you see him at Reds Fest, he's one of those guys. If you catch him in the hall walking between places, he'll, you know, he'll say hey or something yeah. like that. I always appreciate that. Yeah. Moving from just the individual players and stuff, giving the sense of what, what goes into... All right, so you're, you're going to go to a Reds game, just any old game. We'll get to opening day here in a bit. But you're, you're going to go to a game. What, what goes into your mind to prepare for that game? Is there like a specific place you want to be? Is there uh, specific players that you're focusing on? Or
2: are you completely open and just let the game come to you? Um, I know this sounds stupid because I don't like when people say it depends because when people say it depends, it's like, you know, non-committal. You don't know what you're talking about. Sure. But, um, number one, it, it's more, it's a, it's a, I try to get myself in a mindset and a mentality that I think about a few things. Number one, why am I here? Mm-hmm. I'm here to produce primary documents, right? And document this team right. for people that cannot be here. That is the number one thing. I think it's quite a privilege and an honor, actually, because I feel like people are relying on photographers, relying on me to bring them to the game that they can't be there, whether they're taking care of their family or whether they're at work or they're financially can't make it to a baseball game. I find I'm like, okay, that's how I psych myself up. That's how I make sure I'm doing the best possible job for people that can't be there. That's good news. So... With that, well, now when I'm thinking about that, I think about an individual regular season game. Um, I think about what's going on in terms of the, the trend of the team. Is the team slumping? Is the team doing well? Is there a specific player that is uh, on, a, on a hot streak? Is there a specific player on a, on a slump? How do I not only take evidentiary uh, photos, meaning, hey, this happened and I took a picture of it, but also how can I illustrate the narrative of the season – through pictures um, so if a player is in a slump and he's at the plate and he's just reacting like the ball like he a swing and miss and he reacts with a uh, with a like he's sulking or something like that those images are storytelling images that capture the essence of what that player is going through right um, if a player is um, you know on a hot streak and you know how baseball players are very superstitious. Yes. So if a <laughs> player is on a hot streak, you know, and you know he's on a fifteen-game hitting streak, and he's all—he's sitting all alone in the dugout, no one's talking to him, or he's, you know, f- uh, th- three for three hitting for the cycle, and no one's saying anything about it. I look peer down the dugout. I'm like, oh, he's by himself. Take that picture, make an artistic picture that's off the field because people don't really see what's going on in the dugout very often. Sure. The television cameras are focused on the on the on, on the uh, play on the field. From time to time, they'll turn to the to the dugout. But I have the luxury of not necessarily being live. So if something's going on on the field and there's a break in between pitches, I can turn down turn turn toward the dugout and see what's going on and bring that perspective and angle to readers and to and to and to our subscribers. Okay. Um, so that's kind of like you know, uh, uh, how it is from a a mental perspective, a mindset, um, from a technical perspective where I like to be, Mm -hmm. um, there are generally four positions, um, on field level. There's two photo wells on each of the, on, on the first there's, yeah, there's, there's two photo wells on the first baseline and two photo wells on the third baseline. Okay. Um, there's an inside position which is closer to home plate. In an outside position, which is closer to first base or third base. Um, I tend to, to be, I like to be in the inside first position closest to home plate. Okay. Um, it's a high risk, high reward location. Um, because if there's a play at the plate and someone's running from third base towards mm-hmm. you. Right. And they dive head first and high risk, high reward. I say that because you you can often get blocked in that Location by an umpire or another player or someone in the on-deck circle or another player coming down to tell them to slide. Mm-hmm. But when you get a clean, open shot, it's a really nice picture. Right. So, in addition to, to those plays at the plate, that action, also after the play is done at, at home plate, there's always some sort of reaction. Right. Players are celebrating, uh, players you know fist-pumping, players being sad, players being angry as they walk back toward the dugout. Um, So that's a high risk, high reward uh, location. That inside first base position. If I kind of want to play it safe, I I shoot from the outside third base position. uh, Outside, um, yeah, outside third base on the third baseline. Closer to the foul pole. Closer to the foul pole. Closer to third base bag. Okay. That perspective, I'm covered pretty much everywhere. Can see. Uh, I can see everybody. I can see. I can see the plays at second. I can see the pitcher pretty well because most pitchers are right handed, so they're facing me. Um, you can see home plate and the batters pretty well. Now, if there's a play at the plate um, from that position, from shooting from third base, again, I don't want to get too camera geeky on you That's and okay. your listeners, but if you're shooting from third base looking toward home plate, you get a lot of backs, Okay, but you still get, get the play. Right. Um, so it's, it's uh, a lower risk, lower reward. Uh, but when you're there by yourself, you still need to produce images that not only illustrate the game story, but also, again, bring people there that can't be there.
1: That's pretty cool. I, I've always wondered because and, – and you mentioned the different positions and stuff. How many – and this just kind of went – how many photographers can fit in those spots? Or do you guys have to thumb wrestle to see if <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> um, fortunately, you know, in Cincinnati, there's a, it's a medium-sized market. You know, people always say it's a small small market. I actually consider Cincinnati to be a medium market. Sure. Um, in each position, I would say about five, five photographers can work comfortably okay. in each position. Uh, opening day, it's a little bit more madness. Yeah. Um, but, you know, we all work together. We all understand that we have a job to do, and especially especially in Cincinnati. There's a very close-knit group of photographers that are uh, inviting and welcoming and helpful to each other. That's good. That's often – I wouldn't say often because that's unfair. and I, I couldn't say that definitively. At times, sometimes in other markets – the photographers don't necessarily get along when there is limited space or, you know. But in Cincinnati, generally, we all play nice. That's, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> I just always
1: thought of, because I see different guys down there, and you got the TV cameras, which mm-hmm. I, mean, I think they're separate.
2: Like the TV cameras sit on a riser behind us. Yeah. Um, but sometimes that riser is, is pushed forward too far, in my opinion, toward, <laughs> toward the field. And so we're kind of squeezed in there a little bit reaching around yeah it. <laughs> yeah so um but even with the television photographers because also the television photographers there's another interesting nugget you know when you're looking through a long telephoto lens mm-hmm. you really don't have much peripheral vision right now the television photographers who are up above us yes they're looking through a long lens but they're using both their eyes and they have more peripheral vision so when there's a hot shot foul ball the still photographers lower toward the field with no peripheral vision can't really see very well. Oof. The television photographers will yell, heads up! <laughs> yeah, and we appreciate that. We appreciate that because when you're looking through a tunnel, you've got tunnel vision. You can't see much of anything um, on the outside. Right.
1: You mentioned telephoto lenses, mm-hmm. something that I thought of. Obviously, you're not going to carry just one lens with you. Mm-hmm. On an average
2: day, how many lenses do you have with you? On an average day for baseball, um, I would say four. Four. I have the large telephoto lens, a 400 millimeter, or a 200 to 400 millimeter, a 70 to 200 millimeter, which is kind of the medium range lens. Okay. And then I have a short lens, which is a wide angle lens, typically a 24 to 70 millimeter. And then sometimes in my... Fanny pack, yes. People, I wear a fanny pack. Um, <laughs> Quick access. <laughs> yeah, I got to put my stuff in there. I got a lot of this equipment to carry. Um, I'll put another shorter lens, a 16 to 35 millimeter. Um, I mix and match between those four. That's the bread and butter. Mm-hmm. Those are the bread and butter. I have other uh, lenses that I like to use for different effects, um, but uh, not always. If I'm just going to go do the bread and butter, these are the lenses that I know I'm going to do my job well these are those are the four lenses for baseball that I use. I dig those wide foot, wide lens, wide mm-hmm. ankle photos. Those are pretty
1: sweet. Uh, how quick? If someone said, uh, "Quick draw," how quick
2: can you change a lens? Change a lens? Yeah. With while carrying other equipment, because like if I'm just one camera, one if I have one camera with a lens on it, and I need to change the lens. Mm-hmm. I can probably change it in five seconds. Okay, <laughs> but if I'm Holding on to a, a long lens on a monopod on my shoulder and having another lens on my shoulder, and I need to reach into my back. It might take a little bit longer. Yeah. I always
1: wonder because, like, I remember in college, I, I was working
2: for our college newspaper and,
1: you know, we had to get our own photos and stuff like that, but we had a camera that everybody could borrow and it had like three lenses. And I was at a baseball game for um, our school. And changing the lens, I was just, I, I'm kind of clumsy anyway. So <laughs> when I was changing, I'm like, golly, this, man, I,
2: oh, man, I missed the shot. Ah, oh, come on. And that's man. why you see photographers <laughs> carrying multiple cameras on, on multiple, okay. multiple lenses. So when there's something, so you don't miss a shot. So you, let's say you're using your long telephoto lens, and then the action is coming towards you. You switch cameras, and you bring up the shorter lens quickly. Because if you had to change lenses, you'd miss the shot. Okay, and that's then, why people are always like, you know, when you walk around, you, you hear the, the, the greatest hits from the fans. Yeah. You yeah. know, when you see the long telephoto, oh, you bet you can see the moon with that, right? <laughs> or you got enough cameras, right? Yeah. The reason I'm carrying two or three cameras around is so I don't miss the shot.
1: A lot of great stuff there. I really enjoy talking with him. And tomorrow's episode, we, we get into a lot more Red's talk, get his impression and what he saw. At Spring Training, a lot more of that tomorrow. The best way to not miss any episode is to subscribe on whatever podcasting platform you're currently listening to the podcast on. Also, follow me on Twitter, at Jeff Carr, with three Fs, and follow the show, at LockedOnReds, and save the Lockdown Reds line number into your phone at 513 549 Zero one five nine. Today, the Reds are back in action. Spring training. They had their off day yesterday. It was kind of nice because like David Bell was saying that he gave the entire team off. Nobody actually came into the complex to do any sort of practicing. It's been a focus for them. It has been rest and taking it easy. They're back in action against the Cubs. As first uh pitch is slated for three. Oh, five. Reds haven't named a starter yet. Uh, the Cubs are slated to start Tyler Chatwood. Anyway, we'll be looking out for that. Uh, follow me on Twitter for all kind of reactions there. And give me your rea- give me your reactions on the Locked On Reds line and on Twitter as well. But as for today's episode, that's it for the Locked On Reds podcast. My name is Jeff Carr. Kareem and I will be back tomorrow.